It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. Toward the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined to right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third, scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Okay, welcome everybody. We're here at episode three of the Bomber Brothers podcast, brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. We're talking all things Yankee baseball. We're going to talk all things the that just happened in the Baltimore series. Look ahead to the big Tampa series starting tonight as we record on a Thursday. Sean and Ryan with you as always. And Sean, we've had a... Some flashbacks to 2019 with a bunch of injuries coming out of nowhere, and then we had some flashbacks to 2021 with some with a brutal, ugly-looking loss to the Orioles. So there was a little bit of everything, but in the end, the Yankees did win the series, although a three and three home stand after coming in just absolutely on fire and mainly healthy with the best record in baseball. It's definitely definitely not leaving the Bronx with the same vibe they had when they arrived. Yeah, it's it's disappointing to to have a 500 homestand for sure, especially when three of those games were against the Orioles. But at the same time, that's why you build up this big lead. They still go in with, uh, with you know, a, a sizable lead before they play the race here this, this coming Memorial Day weekend. Um, so I, I, while the homestand itself is disappointing, they did finish it with back-to-back wins and sort of like just get it done type games, which I think this year, and I don't know why, because the cast of characters is mainly the same, but it really exemplifies this team of they don't back down. They're more of a, they're, they're more of a grittier team than I feel like in the last couple of years, specifically 2020 and 21. So um, while the results maybe, you know, on paper don't look like what they, what makes you happy to, to finish out with two wins after losing a, a Garrett Cole game. I thought that was encouraging for the mindset of the team. Yeah. And that could be how they need to churn out some wins moving forward without some big pieces and especially in the bullpen and now the lineup with Stanton out and LeMahieu nursing a, a bum wrist. But uh, first back to the, the Baltimore series and those two gritty grinded out wins that you were talking about. It's, you know, they needed a walk-off win by Jose Trevino, which was a really, really cool moment. It was on his late father's birthday. And, you know, he was talking after the game, how his dad used to play baseball with him in the backyard and, you know, paint a scenario where he was at Yankee stadium with the winning run on base. So that was really cool for him and a really cool moment for Yankee fans. who I feel like a, a widespread reaction was excitement over the walk-off, but then a realization of like, Oh, having to walk off against the Orioles isn't the most encouraging, but a win's a win, especially with what the Yankees are dealing with right now on the injury front. And they had to do it again on Wednesday night, but you know, gritty two nothing, sluggish kind of win and they had to piece it together with Sears and obviously Holmes at the end who was dominant again but the Yankees got it done and won the series after a a game one in which they spoiled two home runs by Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole had one really bad inning on in addition to seven other brilliant innings and that was that was all it took for them to drop that series opener. 
Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things you think, you know, you're up to nothing before the the Orioles score and you feel like, okay, this is going to go the way you expect the Yankee Orioles series to go. Judge had hit a homer. Uh, they were, they were kind of cruising and then Colt just gets lit up in the third inning. And uh, most of those ball, balls are pretty hard hit too. It wasn't like it was a fluke thing. So I guess maybe something messed up was messed up with his mechanics um, that he fixed pretty quickly because the rest of the, you know, he winds up going what eight innings and gave up one run the rest of the time struck out 11. So, um, you know, just kind of an uncall like inning, especially after, since he's gotten stuff figured out, but um and, you know, the offense only putting up four runs, but with the injuries they have now, that's not exactly going to be too odd, right? Like when you're missing, you know, they had Kiner Falefa batting, um, you know, in the top, you know, one, what is he about it, batting six, and then you have Hicks and Florial, Trevino. So not exactly the, the, the most comforting lineup to throw out there. Um, but you know, you lose a game like that, you know, what can, what can you really say? It was just one bad inning from Cole. Um, it, it really stinks that Marwin grounds into the double play. You don't get Rizzo or judge up with a chance to tie the game or win the game, something like that. But I mean, that's, that's sometimes just how baseball works, right? You can't, you can't turn the lineup over. Uh, Lopez gets the save. And, and, you know, I think when we talked last, last, we were saying that that was the game we were most confident the Yankees would win. So I really felt nervous after that loss. I'm like, this could be the start of like a really bad spiral. Um, And then you get to the next, the next game and it it looks the same. I mean, I, I, you know, we were, we were super happy. I think about Torres, I think we're really rooting for him to have this turnaround but when you get to when you get to the second game of the Orioles series, you have you know Torres hits the hits the two homers, um, and then it's like okay, haha, this is the Trevino game with the homer and and a single. But then all of a sudden you're looking at extra innings, and uh, you know Hicks is, is doing what Hicks does and not getting big hits when he, when he needs to, and you're kind of freaking out a little bit, especially with that ghost runner scoring in the eleventh. Um, you know, you have the shot, but you also have seen the Yankees not, not produce in that situation. Um, and then, you know, IKF and, uh, and Trevino, you know, finally, finally come through it. You know, it was a, a, another game where you just had a, a couple bad innings, but, um, you know, in terms of pitching, but, you know, you, you squeak out a win and then you feel good about it, even though it's frustrating to, to play a game like that against the Orioles. Yeah, and like you mentioned, the some of the bottom of the order got it done. Marwin Gonzalez had a big hit in that rally in, in the uh, bottom of the 10th as well. So that's what the Yankees are going to need a little bit here moving forward is some of those guys at the bottom of the order to, to come through. It's next man up mentality like 2019. Can, um, can Trevino be an unexpected offensive contributor like a Mike Talkman or something like that? And we'll see. I mean, obviously his season statistics are not good nor is nor are Kyle Higashioka's the Yankees haven't gotten anything out of the catcher position offensively this season except for Tuesday night but like you mentioned Hicks two big strikeouts with runners in scoring position I mean he both those at bats didn't look particularly competitive at all and I don't know, maybe the Yankees are batting him leadoff because he's guaranteed one at bat with nobody on base and maybe maybe he could do something. But he has been absolutely dreadful uh, with runners in scoring position and the bases loaded this season. I, 
it's it's got to be in his head at this point. I mean, I'm one of those strikeouts. It was a 93 mile an hour fastball right over the middle of the plate, about just over knee high that he swung through. And if I mean, if if you're not making contact on that with two strikes and runners in scoring position, I think I think you're clearly pressing a little bit. Like Boone has said, he's seen from him. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's bleeding into all the other facets of his game, and we'll get to last night's game in a second. But even in the the game, the the middle game, the extra inning game, I think it was the tenth where he was the they, they put the contact play on, and he got thrown out at the plate. I mean, I'm not trying to dissect it like the Zapruder film, but he does get a bit of a late jump. And I saw some Yankee fan and he's usually more of like a, an aggressive type player where you would expect a little more bounce in his step, a better secondary lead. I think he's just hesitant now. I think he has no confidence. Um, and and you saw that, you know, in, in the last game with the fly ball, which we'll get to. But I think more for everything with him it, it, now, it's just confidence. Now it's not even like forget about the mechanical stuff like you need to get that fixed. But, but the other aspects of his game are hurting now, too. And, it's you know, it's, and you know how Yankee fans are once they like smell a guy like that. That's a little bit, you know, like Ken Singleton says, he who hesitates is lost. It's not like they're super forgiving and are going to get behind him, unfortunately. So he's got to he's got to figure it out. But um, you know, luckily Trevino has the the big hit at the end, a really great moment, like him screaming at the the sky for his father. Um, you know, a really special moment. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I was like, so when he was up, I was like, this just feels like one of those kind of really nice Yankee moments that's about to happen. I felt really confident that he was going to find a hole, and uh, you know, he roped one down the line. Yeah, no, it was a great moment and helped uh, ease some of the sure-to-be firestorm that would have come Hicks' way if the Yankees didn't close out that win. And like you said, he clearly got a late jump on that ground ball to short. Now, again, the right move is to go home on that contact play, but he did have a late jump. I don't know if that terrible, terrible pickoff he had the hands of Joe Kelly was on his mind, and that's why he didn't get as big of a, a secondary lead, but it was – not a good play, not good at bats late in the game. It's I don't know what the Yankees are going to do about Hicks, but like you said, it's bled into his his fielding as well. We saw that in just last night, late in the game, Odor bloop single. I I don't know. It's he didn't attack the ball with too much confidence on that bloop single and then seem to be giving way to the backpedaling infielders who obviously have a way worse angle at the ball. And I mean, this isn't the first time Hicks got some, some criticism from Cameron Maben on the yes broadcast not long ago on, on that sack fly, fly. On, on a sack fly. And then a bunch of people on Twitter were all over him a couple a week or so before that on that double in the gap that he kind of, you know, lollygagged after and allowed a runner to take an extra base. But it's uh yeah Hicks Hicks used to be a reliable fielder with a really good arm. I mean, in 2018 he was the most valuable center fielder in the American League, not named Mike Trout. So this is a uh, this is bizarre to see now that he's actually healthy. But you know, he was healthy at the start of last season. He was hitting terribly before that wrist injury, and now he's seems to be healthy again here through the first 40 plus games of. 2022 and he's still just not putting it together and I don't know what the Yankees do about this but I think 40 plus games is starting to get enough of a sample size we're like okay the guy's healthy but you know when is he going to start producing like he was in 2017 when healthy in 2018 yeah I think that 
you know, coming back, remember Teixeira had a similar wrist injury. Jose Bautista had a similar, and it takes a little bit to get your swing back coming back from the wrist injury. But what's worrisome is it's, it's, you know, with Teixeira for the Yankees specifically, you could always count on his defense, even, even coming after that. And for Hicks for, for, you know, he's not the hitter Teixeira was, but he's more of a well-rounded player where he's got speed, um, aggressiveness and, 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 you know, he should be playing a pretty good center field. And and those things have gone, have gone downhill too. So it's not just like, okay, we can live with you finding your swing coming off of surgery while you're doing all these other things really well and contributing to wins. He's, he's actively like going against contributing to wins with, whether it's on the base paths, getting picked off, getting a poor jump when you have the contact play on contact plays on as soon as there's contact, you should be off with like, you know, it's a ground ball go. Um, and, and then, you know, bad plays in center field, whether it be on, you know, the sack fly being hesitant to, uh, to pay a lot. I'll tell you what the Yankees are going to do. You're going to give Brett Gardner a call. <laughs> you no, know, he clearly doesn't want to play for anyone else. Reportedly had a chance to play for the Braves, Blue Jays. He's just maybe watching all these Hicks at bats and just biding his time. I mean, at this point he can't have too much worse of an arm than what Hicks has been showing in the outfield. And he's obviously got the, uh, the speed and the base running instincts. I don't really know how much he's going to do at the plate, but at this point, it can't be much. How, how do you feel if, if you got it? You saw the tweet right now. The Yankees and Brett Carter have agreed to a one year, like $7 million deal. I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be thrilled. I, I definitely go to Somerset to watch a couple of his, his <laughs> games to get him in game shape. And I don't he's, think- he's probably, he's probably in pretty good shape. You yeah, know, you got to get up to baseball speed, but he seems like a madman. He's probably like just ready to go. Yeah, and I and you know, I say I'd be thrilled. That that would have been a very different reaction, you know, a month ago because I don't think I think the Yankees clearly didn't need them and I, I still honestly think that this that the Brett Gardner, you know, year to year constantly bringing back needs to come to an end. But now at this point when Hicks is giving you absolutely nothing, stands on the IL now, Gallo struggling badly, um they obviously need outfield help. I don't see that happening at all because, I mean, Tim Locastro apparently just took batting practice yesterday, so he's on his way back. Yeah, and they sent Florial down too. Yeah, so I think Locastro seems like he's going to be ready soon, and he's a you know Gardner-type player that I think the Yankees saw as a Gardner replacement when they brought him back this offseason. So I think we're going to see Locastro in the outfield soon. Uh, I don't know what the long-term future is going to be for Hicks. Obviously, he signed that seven-year deal after a really, really good 2018 season. So he's still still got a little ways to go on that, but we'll see we'll see what happens. But the obviously the hitting with runners in scoring position has been dreadful. Defense has been looking bad, and now even the base running. But speaking of good good defense, the uh, you know going back to last night, that play by IKF that helped potentially save the game when he made that nice sliding backhand stop and got the force out. I mean, if that ball gets through, he could be looking at first and third. Yeah. And you know, I don't mean to go backwards again, but IKF had a huge hit in the the extra inning one too, to tie the game uh, right back up the middle. He's, he's a weird player, man. Like he does some really timely things, like some really things that you're like, Oh, like that play that you're talking about. And, and you know, to, to get to that ball in the hole, but then he'll do some things where you're like, wait, that doesn't really, you know, that, you know, that, that's not really what you want. So he definitely has a bit of that clutch gene, if that's real. And uh, he definitely, you know, he's had a, what, two game tying hits in the ninth. And uh, he, um, 
you know, he, he can really make a good play when you need it. And the Yankees needed it last night because they only scored two runs. One was a gift from Rushman, who we know is going to be a great player, but he airmailed one into center field. Not as bad as what happened in the Braves game. Braves Phillies. Did you see that <laughs> Phillies play? No. My goodness. Got, so in, in the Phillies game, a guy, they, they threw to second. It missed the second baseman. It missed the shortstop. And then the center fielder backing up missed the ball. And it wasn't like it was airmailed. They just all missed it. Like the ball rolled past the center fielder. It was terrible. Dansby scored from first on a steal attempt to second. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, the Yankees got uh, – I was really happy to see Andujar get a hit yesterday in, in a big spot. And, uh, you know, IKF makes a great play in the ninth inning. And he just – he's one of those guys. He seems to be in the middle of stuff. And the Yankees have some magic like that going on this year, whether it be Trevino in the middle game of the series. Like, that definitely felt like one of those, like, special games. And, you know, you, you, IKF seems to have these special moments, these special plays that, that get you excited. And that's what I love about baseball, man. You get you get into all these numbers, all of this stuff, and, and it makes sense and, and whatnot. But then you just get something crazy that happens. A little guy comes up big, and, and that's what's exciting because you never know. Yeah, I, like you said, he's he's come up in some big spots. Overall, it could be better. I mean, his, his 305 OBP is one of the worst of his career. So, I mean, if the Yankees are going to be weathering some of these injuries, they're, they're going to need to start getting some more consistent offensive contributions from some guys like him and Hicks and some more out of, out of the catcher spot. But as long as they're doing enough, I think Yankee fans should be thrilled with that in the coming weeks while they're going to be pretty shorthanded. Obviously, they're going to need to do more than what they did the last two nights if they're going to have success against a team like the Rays. But for now, it was enough to uh, to win this Orioles series and take and take two out of three. And again, you're listening to the Bomber Brothers podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. All right, Sean, let's move on to some of these injuries that just seem to be coming on a daily basis since almost Saturday. I mean, we already talked about green. He's done for the year. There there goes the fourth most valuable reliever in the league over the last five years. Chapman now Achilles tendonitis. He's on the IL. I think we all agreed that he could use the rest anyway, because he's been struggling badly. And I don't think an Achilles issue on your push off foot is a good thing to pitch through. And then we got Loisaga on the shelf with a shoulder injury and he also had been pitching really poorly this season. And then the Stanton one hurts. That's a calf strain. He'd you know, been putting up his best weighted runs created plus since his MVP season in 2017. So that's a huge bat in the middle of the order that was also helping Judge out a lot, I think, having them close together in the lineup. But that's a... Uh, that's what the Yankees are dealing with there. So a lot of, a lot of injuries in a, in a short amount of time. And suddenly it's feeling like 2019 all over again. Yeah. I mean, I think the, as far as the lineup goes in, in you know, LeMay, who's day to day, they hope he's going to play tomorrow. And then you have Donaldson got a suspension looming. He's got COVID. It sounds like this, it sounds like they're pretty sick too. Like Gallo missed a pretty, pretty decent chunk of time. Yeah, Susan games. Susan said on the broadcast last night that she heard that Gallo is is or not Gallo, sorry, Donaldson, Donaldson is really sick. So that could that could be a while. So we could be seeing more Marwin Gonzalez, especially if LeMayhew isn't isn't ready right away. And I should say that um it was initially a, a calf strain for but, Stan, but Boone said it's ankle inflammation. I, I think the good news is too that they they think it'll be a short stint from from what most people were reporting. 
after the game last night, once we found out it was actually ankle inflammation and not a calf strain, which is, is I don't know how they got that mixed up. Cause it was like a grade one, like they were like reporting on the grade of the strain and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it, hopefully it's a short trip for Stanton because I think out of all of the, the injuries, that's the one that is going to be the most impactful. Now, obviously missing three relievers now out of your, bullpen stinks, but it's also three, well, two that were relatively ineffective as of late. So they've kind of been playing without them anyway. Um, and the Yankees bullpen did a great job yesterday um, in, in, in the game against the Orioles. Now I know they have to be better against the Rays, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I think, it, you know, if, if we look at the lineup, a couple of guys need to need to start stepping up. Rizzo's been good in spurts, but has been relatively inconsistent. Um, you need to get more out of Gallo here and you'd like to see, like you said, IKF, you know, the bat to ball skills are great and all, but when you're getting on base 30% of the time, it's not really cutting it, especially for a guy who's not going to hit for power. So, uh, I, you know, I, I really would like to see Gallo and IKF specifically pick it up, pick up some of the slack here for Stanton and Donaldson while they're out. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, uh, LeMahieu comes back and we don't have to kind of worry about that moving forward, but we'll, we'll see, you never know. Um, so, so I, I look for Gallo and IKF to pick up some of the slack, maybe Rizzo a little bit, you know, he could get on one of those heaters, but they, they need to have guys protect judge because, you know, the judge is having a great year and he's had Stanton looming, you know, two spots behind him almost the entire time. So I don't know. What do you look for in terms of what goes on with this lineup with Stanton and Donaldson out? Yeah, it's tough because, like you said, Rizzo has has been struggling a bit. He did have a home run in the in the Baltimore series, but overall, he's been struggling. And I think what he needs to get back to doing is he was finding some holes against the shift more uh, early in the season, and I think he's kind of gotten back to hitting right into the teeth of of that shift lately. But like you said, Gallo needs to start getting it going. He had he had a nice streak going at the plate actually before he came down with COVID and he seemed to be settling in a little bit, but again, he's always been a streaky hitter. So that could have been trending back the other way before COVID, or he could start performing right out of the gate, but Torres keeping him going is going to be huge for the Yankees. I mean, he's now become, now he's going to become a pivotal part of the middle of, of the Yankees order without Stan because, or and especially if LeMahieu has to miss more time, and it seems like Donaldson's going to miss more time. He had been performing a lot better after his brutal start. So the Yankees are going to, I mean, they're going to need some good spurts from some of their their role players. Maybe a you know Greg Allen type series like last year, where somebody just has a good series and can help the Yankees pull out some wins against the Rays, and and then just hope hope Stan comes back soon. I mean, he was hitless in his last 13 at bats before before leaving with the injury but still i mean overall he was he's been a monster this season and he was fantastic last season so it it sucks that as soon as this happens you know all the you know injury prone cries are going to come from a bunch of different corners of yankees fandom because of what's happened in the past but in reality he was healthy for almost all of last season he was healthy at the end of 2020 when he carried the team in the playoffs and he had been healthy up to this point uh, up until this ankle inflammation, which I I would assume that that's a, a much better sign than than the calf injury. I mean, he had a calf strain in in uh, late February of 2020, shortly before the the COVID shutdown, and then 
it was over a month later when Boone did a zoom on yes and said that he was that Stan was close and that if spring training games were going on that he probably would have been able to play so even then over a month later they weren't sure if he was going to be back and then he had a calf issue in 2019 which kept him out for a while so the calf strains are are pretty pretty tricky and it's I think if it was a calf strain you could have been looking at at least weeks without Stan I don't know if this makes it better it's now Boone saying that they hope they can get him back after the 10 days. Obviously, recent Yankee history suggests that that could go very differently, very easily. But I would assume that the ankle inflammation diagnosis is better than the calf strain, given what Stan, how much time Stan has missed in the past because of similar injuries. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, he might not have been hitting before, you know, in the last couple at bats, but he's the guy that can wreck a series. No, no doubt about it. So just getting him back as soon as possible, especially for as the schedule gets tougher here would be, would be huge. So uh, definitely, I think good news compared to what we were expecting on him. And uh, you know, you, you could have him and Donaldson back in the lineup, you know, in, in a, in a week and a half and Yankees should be able to weather it. That that's why you build up these leads against teams that are subpar. So you could weather these kind of storms. And then I think, you know, Chapman, who knows how long he's going to really be on the shelf for. I I wouldn't expect it to be a long time. I expect him to work everything out. But the Loisiga thing, this he needs a reset. We kind of talked about that on the last episode. I hope his shoulder's okay. Shoulders are always tricky. I know he missed, what, about three weeks the last time he had this? Yeah, it was about – it was a little over three weeks, I think – I think he had suffered the injury after a September 3rd appearance. And then he came back on September 29th or something like that. And it was like, it was a rotator cuff issue. And Boone said that it's a similar injury now to that one last year. So when you think just over three weeks for him last year, if it happened to him again for the second time in less than a year, maybe they're more cautious about it. And I mean, you could, could be looking at a month without Loisaga. Now, if Loisaga comes back from this injury and pitches like he did in 2021, then a month without him is well worth it considering he has an ERA over seven right now. So I think the Yankees would be thrilled if they have to be without Loisaga for a while, but it means he comes back pitching like the pitcher he was last season it, it's it's a weird situation with the wise we talked about it last week i mean the velocity is there the spin is there but he's just been walking a lot more guys maybe the shoulder is you know irritating him and it's harder to find his command on a consistent basis but better to just you know get that taken care of especially while the yankees have guys like clay holmes in the back of the bullpen now who just looks like an absolute beast and you know we're talking about the offense and what bats need to get going while guys like Stanton, LeMahieu, and Donaldson are out. But with Chapman, Green, and Loisaga out, the Yankees really need Michael King to get back to what he was in the beginning of the season because the bullpen is now pretty shorthanded. Yeah, you're going to need to rely on, obviously, Holmes. We know that. But also King and, and Wandy. Um, the, the, those are two two guys you also want to see step up here and, and, and eat some innings, so to speak, for the for the bullpen and, and, you know, same thing with Litke Castro. I know that sounds scary to say Litke, but I mean, he needs, he needs, the Yankees are going to need him to be better and, and we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I I think one of the good things about the timing of this or not good, but I guess the silver lining is they're kind of, they're almost through that stretch of, of 23 games in 22 days or whatever it was. 
And now they have off days on Monday, every Monday for the next uh, three weeks in a row. So at least they do have some built in landing spots where they can kind of reset the bullpen uh, coming up. So it should be a little bit easier for, for Boone to manage um, while they get, you know, hopefully Chapman and Louise go back in a couple of weeks here um, and hopefully them back at full performance. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully LeMahieu back soon. I'm, you know, I think I think it was Susan again on the broadcast last night who said that LeMay who said he just picked up a bat the other day and just like felt something is in his wrist. But I mean, I think he, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that had been bothering him for a little while. I mean, he had a OPS of just over 400 in his last 10 games and only one extra base hit, which was the grand slam on the day he uh, reached 10 years of service time. So that was that's really been it for him. But the Yankees have a lot of injuries they need to overcome, and it's going to be a challenging couple of weeks, and it's going to get started right away. As uh, Let's uh, dive into this Yankees-Rays series coming up. Again, if you like what you're listening, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. All right, Sean, let's dive into, uh, like you mentioned, the Yankees have a day off finally coming up soon. I mean, they had an unexpected day off with the rain out on Friday when we were supposed to be there, but a double header on Sunday doesn't really make up, doesn't really make up for, for some rest. So they finally get a day off coming on Monday, but before that four huge games against the Rays, an opportunity to even further distance themselves, or honestly, at this point, at least just tread water, maybe get a series split and, and keep that, that four game lead. But uh, let's go, let's go over the, uh, the, the pitching matchup starting with game one. And it kind of feels like, a similar situation to game one of the uh, the Baltimore series when we were talking about it because we had Cole on the mound then, uh, Nestor on the mound in game one for this one against Yarbrough, who allowed six hits and in four innings against the Orioles his last time out. So another starting pitching matchup that seems like it should be slanted in, in the Yankees' favor. But again, with the offense the way it is, it can go certainly go either way. Yeah, I think that um, it – if you look at the series, it almost looks set up for a, for a split, right? Because you have Springs and, and McClanahan waiting on, on Friday, Sunday, and then Yankees pitching matchups are in favor of Thursday, Saturday. So, um, you know, Nest, Nestor, Yarbo, you feel like that's, that's a must win if you're going to get a split in this series and same with the Cole Kluber matchup. So I think they alternate win loss, win loss. And honestly, like I, you know, I know it's like, oh, you're going to go in hoping for a split, a split on the road against a really good team. It's not bad. You want to play what, like two out of three baseball at home and, and 500 on the road is, is the saying. I'm perfectly happy going to that hell house in, uh, in Tampa Bay and, and, and get it coming out with a split, especially with how banged up the team is right now. Uh, like you said, they had the, the doubleheader. Uh, mixed in on Sunday. They haven't had a chance to catch their breath. So I'm looking for the Yankees to, to salvage a split here, come out the same, you know, come out exactly where they are in the standings with the same lead going into an off day, getting a chance to reset. Um, so I, I really like the Yankees to win Thursday, Saturday. I think Friday, Sunday are going to be tough games, but you know what? Tyone's been awesome. Severino's shown some, some really good stuff. You, you don't, you never know with baseball. obviously, like we thought the, the Tuesday game was the lock of the Orioles series or the Monday game, excuse me. And that was the only one that they lost. So, uh, you know, you, you, you never know. Yeah, the Yankees could be at full strength, and I would I'd be happy with a series split when you're in the trop and facing a really good Rays team. So, given the injuries they're dealing with right now, I'd be 
absolutely thrilled with uh, a series split. And like you said, it certainly looks like the Yankees can at least pull that off. Like, like we mentioned game one, if Nestor can get back to uh, what he's been for most of the season. And again, like even in that Chicago start, he really just had got burned by that uh, inside cutter to Jose Abreu for a three run home run, which was actually a pretty good pitch on the hands that Abreu was just ready for and turned on. So I, I, I expect to have to see Cortez sharp again, and we'll see how the Yankees can handle can handle Yarbrough. And then you mentioned on Friday, Jeffrey Springs on the mound, and he's been dominant for Tampa Bay ever since he became uh, a full rotation piece because he was in the bullpen to start the season, but his last three times out was as a starter, and that's fourteen and a third innings, and he's only allowed allowed three earned runs. And then you get. Then you get Shane McClanahan, and uh, you know he has one of the highest strikeout rates in the league right now. He averages 97 on his fastballs. That's going to probably be a tough day for the Yankees. We'll see. I mean, yeah, especially without Donaldson uh, and uh, and Stanton from the right side against uh, a tough lefty. Yeah, that and the Yankees three lefties starting the series. Yeah, the Yankees could really use LeMahieu back in, at some point in this series because of the lefties that that they're going to be facing. And again, Stan not only hurts to lose because you have these lefties you're going to be facing, but that also means probably more at bats for Gallo, which he's you know lefty on lefty. I mean, Gallo's struggling as it is this season, and you're going to have Rizzo at first, and he's been struggling a bit at the plate. He's going to have to face a lot of lefties. It's going to be interesting to see how the Yankee offense fares. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay offense, they're just getting Manny Margot back. He was activated from the IL, I think yesterday, and he's been tearing it up this season so far, 177 OPS plus batting almost 350. So uh, there's another, there's another tough task for the Yankee pitching staff. Now that Margot is back and then you got G man Choi, our old, old friend. He's, Got an OPS plus of almost 160 this season, so I'm going to be terrified every time he comes up against Cole. I was going to say he's locked in for at least one homer <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah, it's Cole has always had a, a tough time against him. We'll see. We'll see how he handles him. But I mean, Cole is going to give up the occasional home run. You just you just hope there's not much traffic on the bases when it happens. That way, the Yankees can can stay in the game, and it's 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 going to be a tough series. We'll. We'll see what happens. Uh, you want to pick who is going to take the championship belt of the series? Real, real quick, we picked Torres and Judge for the Baltimore series, and then Game One happens, and I'm like, "Oh, well, Sean's going to run away with this," and I was going to pick Judge anyway, but you took him first, so I took Torres, who then hit two home runs himself the next night, and then they both had a hit and a run scored yesterday. It actually wound up being a really tight race. It did. Who would you give it to, though, um, of all the? in the Baltimore series, Trevino, I actually, you know, we didn't even talk about Sears first major league start and he get gets a win, yeah. shutout innings, which was huge after the extra inning game the night before and how taxed the bullpen is for him to give five shutout innings. I thought was, was massive. Oh, absolutely. And he got out of that jam in the first inning. That was really impressive. So uh, I, I, yeah. Who would you give the, the belt to for the last series? I don't know. I mean, probably, probably Trevino. I mean, he, he had the one big game, but that was a game where they're coming off the loss in the series opener. And they really needed that one to uh, kind of avoid panic losing, you know, which what would have been uh, four in a row and two in a row to Baltimore with all these injuries happening. So I think he helped change the course of that series and 
and get the Yankees out of there with, with a win. So I'd, I'd probably go Trevino, but I think both of our picks were, were, you could argue were pretty close. Yeah, they were, they were both good, but I'll actually, I'll take Holmes. I thought he had an important inning in the eighth and the, the first win. And then obviously pitching around the, the mishap in center field in the second. And for this series coming up, I'm going to take your pick from last one. I think Torres, especially against a couple of these lefties, he's going to need to play. I think he's going to have a, a big series. Yeah, that's 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 a good pick. I am going to go. Let's let's get crazy. I'm going to go with Hicks. Hicks, right. Hicks finds his way in the in the trap. <laughs> He's had a couple big hits in the trap over over the years. Um, so you never know. Maybe he feels comfortable, but um, that that's a that's a risky pick by you. I'm, I'm I'm trying to will some good outcomes into existence. So, I mean, the Yankees they need they need Hicks. They don't have Stanton. Gallo's struggling in the outfield. They I mean, Judge can't be the only one producing from from an outfield position. So let's let's get Hicks going. We'll see what happens. It's obviously a pick I don't feel good about. I'm just trying to, just trying to will something into existence here. But yeah, you, you, Holmes is a good pick for, for um, last series too. He's on a 23 straight scoreless inning streak. That's the longest active streak in the majors and longest by Yankees since CC in 2011. But that is going to do it for us as we. Get ready for this big series against Tampa. Again, if you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. We will talk to you after this huge Rays series. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Sean, we will talk on Monday. Talk to you guys uh, on Monday. Go Yanks.